You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Something good for ya. Alright everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You Podcast where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you. I'm one of your two co-hosts Alex Stiff and joining me on Zoom is the one and only Dave Weimer. What's up? How are you? What's going? I'm doing good, man. We have tried to do this episode for yeah. like a month. I know. <laughs> and both of us are to blame yeah. for it not happening. <laughs> Shit keeps on getting in the way. Well, football season started, too. And then that first one was like, hey, Is you that go? why you're not available on Sundays? No. No. Okay. I, um, okay. I was about to say, I was like, asshole. No. Well, I mean. <laughs> That that was why the first one because I was driving to Pittsburgh to see you know the Forty ers kick the shit out of the Pittsburgh Steelers so you know. oh yeah 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 and you so, told me about that one yeah. that was fun I was like yeah I'm going to a game man. so and that, that, <laughs> like, all right, the whatever. guys I work with a lot of them fucking go to a game so it might ha- you know that's why I just don't want to do Sundays because yeah. But that works because, you know, use Sundays for other shit. But no, we're finally back here at the digital round table to just talk some bullshit like we do, man. It's like this is almost my oasis yeah. show now. It's like because with uh, the Couch Potatoes, of course, we try to have some sort of narrative throughout. And I'm also looking up news articles and all this other shit. And it's like something good for you, man. I get to hop on Zoom and talk music with one of my favorite people. So that that works. Awesome, yeah, <laughs> uh, dude. I haven't even done a fucking uh, Fatty Stokes in a while, dude. You know, really? Yeah, just that no one can get together and and record, and you know, because we can only do it on certain times. And I don't fucking give a rat's ass. It don't. It doesn't bother me at all. If I don't have something, not, if I don't have to edit, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> Which I guess is the reason why this show is still going. <laughs> you don't have to edit. I don't have to edit, no. Hey, that that was uh, one of the semi-deals. Uh, we do have a new show on the networks, I think, since the last time we got together. Uh, there's a new show called This Fuggin' Guy, hosted by Mikey Black and Dante Carter. Yeah, and uh, we, I was we on... Were, we were talking about that on the last episode, did we? I think. Yeah. Okay, because it has been like a month since we last recorded, so it's hard to exactly remember. So if folks are also just tuning in, check those guys out. But uh, I was on their last episode. Well, not the last one by the time this comes out, but uh, check it out. It's actually kind of fun. It it reminded me of the old uh, Cult of Dave days. I've not gotten that ridiculous and stupid in a while. Oh, good. Yeah, those were some fucking fun episodes, man. I, 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 oh yeah, I wouldn't mind bringing that show back, you know. But I that I would be fun. Wouldn't do it with Jerry. I'd need to find some <laughs> some other Dave to do it with, you know. <laughs> Dave one and well, Dave two. You know why it was called the Cult of Dave, right? I remember back. I feel like I remember the origin story. Like it, it had nothing to do with you, Dave, but another Dave. It was me, Dave, and another, okay. and another Dave. And he was a drummer, and we were writing music, and we called ourselves the Cult of Dave. 
Oh, okay. And then okay, we started, gotcha. hey, let's do the podcast. And we're like, fucking, you know, you know, we can, like, whatever we write, we can throw out there and stuff and blah, 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 you know, because he was a drummer. Well, he's a multi-musicianist, like Dave Grohl. And, like, most most good drummers that you've, if you've ever played with really good drummers, they can play everything. Yeah, I've played with a few really good drummers, but honestly, the one of the best drummers I played with was one of those guys that like focused strictly on drums, and like he was a drum nerd yeah. about shit. But <laughs> but could he pick up a guitar and just? No, he couldn't. All right. Yeah. No, he was a he yeah. focused strictly on drums, yeah. but like he nerded out on it, and he yeah. he knew his shit and he could play. But like I would say, he was maybe in an exception to the rule, but just so happened to be yeah. one of the best drummers I've played with was just like, no, I know nothing about a fucking guitar. I don't know what an A note is. Yeah. Dave, yeah, Dave, it, was it's, a good... it's all noise to me. I'm here to keep the beat. Yeah, Dave was a a, a really good drummer. I mean, he went he went to school for it too. He was like a he could. He's a really accomplished jazz musician too. Uh, I mean, but he's just a multi. There's certain people that walk this earth that just can play whatever you want. You know, to throw yeah, in their hands. I, I feel like I could have been better at drums if I had actually practiced. Oh sure, uh, I think if you practice anything, you can get good at it. Because uh, unless you're fun an idiot, fact, <laughs> I'd like to think I'm not. Yeah, I don't think you are. <laughs> I I don't know. Sometimes though, um, because fun fact, I don't know how many people know this or uh, how many people paid attention for that long, but um, I actually have played drums for one show. Really, I have been a drummer for one singular show. That is correct. Have you ever uh, recorded on drums? Uh, I've not recorded but any you, drums. But you have played live in front of. Yes, I have played live. Uh, there was a band. Yes, uh, there was a band, Dirtbag Love Affair, uh, featuring Tony Leone on vocals, Davy Dirt on bass. Shout out Davy Dirt. I know he listens to these episodes. Hi, Davy um, Dirt. Hey, why don't you, we do a Cult of Dave, Davy Dirt? You're Dave. Hey, there you go. Shit, he was actually. I, I actually need to get back to him because he was talking about wanting to do a podcast. So may, maybe if he gets his feet in the water with his show, may, maybe that'll be something. Because he's he's a fun chat. He's really cool. Yeah. And um, yeah. So their drummer though. Um, oh yeah, and their guitarist at the time, uh, Devin Holiday, he now plays in the Cheats. Oh. So um, yeah, really cool Pittsburgh band. So kind of up in y'all's area now. Check them out uh, if you've not really heard of the Cheats. Really good, just kind of angry punk band, but like angry in the way that the vocal style is. But like the songs are catchy and kind of like Ramonesy pop punk oh. kind of deal. Yeah, there's nothing wrong so with it's, good, fun little pop punk bands, you know. Yeah, and they, they've got a little bit of bite to them. Uh, and Todd, he's been in the scene for a long time, so he's got, like, you know, the history and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Anyway, uh, before all that happened, though, they were still playing his Dirtbag Love Affair, and their drummer uh, agreed to be able to do, like, two or three shows and then come to find out he was not going to be able to do the first show. But he could meet them at the next venue, but he was not going to be able to do the first show. So with maybe... A month's warning and two practices. I learned an entire set on drums. Wow, right <laughs> and, the on. On, and the only way and, I was able to pull it off was the fact that I was like a legit fan of these guys. Yeah. Like I, I knew their material. Like I had hung around since like yeah. I think they were about to get ready to record their 
actual first release. Like I, they I had bet, like a demo I, CD. I bet it sucked. <laughs> you, you know, man, there is video out there. Oh, I want to see it. Ex- video of this performance exists. And because the band know, is only as good as their drummer. I mean, it's like, is it correct. is really the most important fucking piece of the band, dude. And I'm not going to sit here and toot my own horn because, yes, that was the only show I ever did as a drummer. However, with that in mind, I've seen professional drummers do worse. <laughs> <laughs> or technically I see, i've heard I this, professional I drummers do video. worse I want to see this video. again it's not fantastic it's not great but it was it was beneficial because one i knew the songs like the back of my hand yeah. so even if i fell yeah. out for a second i'm listening to the guitar and i can kick yeah, well, yeah, in. So yeah, it's yeah. Like, you could just kick drum and snare and and, and yeah. you know fool half an audience of idiots <laughs> you know and, and and that was kind of the point a lot of their stuff was just punk rock things and yeah. it wasn't uber fast like it was maybe like a Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of tempo, so yeah. it wasn't way too hard. You know, it wasn't like a misfits kind of yeah. deal. You just don't, so just I'll, don't do any fills, and you'll be fine. And Boo-doo, exactly. Off. Oh, <laughs> we'll see the beat again. <laughs> and and even on that regard, I had one tiny leg up in that when I was like maybe. 10 or 11 i did get a drum set one year for christmas and that a few years later i'd promptly resold to buy a guitar amplifier so i could have a louder guitar because i wanted that better yeah but are (laughs) are um, you one of the dudes that when you go to your fill-ins practice do you jump behind drum sets a lot and yeah me too i was always oh yeah absolutely always always pissing the drummer off too well, and I was usually there before the drummer anyway, yeah, yeah. so fuck you. I'm getting behind your kit for yeah. a minute. There was one drummer that was, he was in my wife's band, Mike Mongrain. He was a really good drummer, too. Um, he And we shared a, a space. He always knew when I was when I drummed on his drum set. He Dude, always did you touch knew. my fucking drum set? Yeah. It was like Step Brothers, that movie. <laughs> he knew. He, 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 I, I would put everything fucking exactly how it was or bring my own sticks so I wouldn't, you know. He knew every single fucking time. It was like, you know, well, fucking box up your fucking drum set. It's just sitting there, dude. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, none of my guys ever really had a problem with it because, one, I always check beforehand because I, I would do it first when they were there. I'd be like, hey, can I can I jam something out real quick? And depending on their reaction, I would do it. But nine times out of ten, they're like, mm, yeah. And there was one guy, the professional drummer guy. He was like, you break something, you're fucking buying it. I'm like, I'm not a fucking animal. I said, I just, I've got something in my head. I want to see if I can play it. And it's like, I play for a say. He goes, do you ever play? I was like, not really. He goes, for someone that doesn't ever play, you should practice. That you've you've got something. I was like, yeah, I can't. I don't yeah. have the time or the stamina to be able to do it. So I did have a drummer go. You know, you're not great, but there is something there. You know how to kind of do something. Well, <laughs> you're better cool. than most amateur drummers yeah, I've seen. You're cool. not good. It's kind of like, but you can the, be. Kind of like the guy on the car. Quang 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 quang. Like well, I hear, I I none of those notes are any good. But what you, the rhythm was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there is video. I'll see if I can find it. Um, I think the person that has the video, I think it's still online, but his page is like a private account, so you have to like be his Facebook friend to see it. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'll I'll see if I can't rip it um, because yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll at least send it. it to you. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it. I'm sure you were good. I mean, you know, you're a good rhythm guitar player, so 
That's and and at this point, outside of like you know the random instruments like fucking banjos or harmonicas or accordions, I have played every basic instrument on stage. Now I've just done vocals. I've done vocals and bass, just bass, mm-hmm. just guitar and guitar and vocal and drums. Have you done piano? No, I've not done piano. Oh, okay. I guess I guess I guess that would be considered one of the standard yeah, I would instruments so. at this point. Say, I yeah. mean, not every. I mean, especially in the rock and roll format, not everybody has one. But I mean, it's on yeah. every fucking rock and roll album. It you is. Know, they might not tour it, with one, but. And I don't know how to play keyboard or piano, but I can hit enough notes to find where my note is. Mm-hmm. And if I like put stickers on those notes, I could hit them correctly in time. Well, but it's not well, like I could just look at a piano well, so and go, a "Oh, well, let's." Yeah, exactly. I'm a fucking monkey. I know a monkey to hit the the colored dots. He's going to do it. Well, the monkey can't figure out what what dots they should be. I'm transcribing the note. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I think you're much smarter than a monkey anyway, so that's good. Um, <laughs> only, only a hair. <laughs> only a hair. But it really, it really depends on the fucking song too, you know, because you could pull up something like um, Blue Oyster Colts. Uh, hang on a second here. Flaming Telepaths. Doesn't that like got a piano that's just the one note? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could play that. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does just depend on the tune. I mean, I mean, I love messing around with that kind of stuff. I mean, that was part of the reason why um, I enjoyed recording with Dan Dixon in Atlanta with those last three songs. Um, because with something's got to give, I heard just like this simple chord being hit over and over and over in the chorus and this is i told him i was just like man i really i hear this part in there he's just like what is it i was like i don't know the note i said but you know just a you know during you know the guitar solo i said you know so the piano is kind of mimicking what the guitar does you know we we meet you could sing what you were thinking though right Yes, yeah, I could then sing you, what I was Then you basically know the note, because you sing yeah. it, you know, so you know the note. See, yeah, so I was kind of transcribing it, just, uh-huh. you know, air doing it, you mm-hmm. know, so he kind of got the beat, and he was just like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know about that. I said, well, then, I said, can you humor me? I said, because I know you know how to play. I said, can you humor me and just give it a shot? I said, let's spend five minutes on it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, we'll cut it. I said, but just, I want to see what it sounds like. And he was kind of... <sighs> All right, fine. He goes in there. He's like, "All right, hit the space." You know, I'm, I'm working the controls for him. He's like, "Back it, back up, back it, back up." I mean, he does. He finally gets a good take that he likes in there, and he sits back down. He starts doing like a rough mix on it. He leans back. He goes, "This doesn't work. It has to go through the rest of the song. Record it, Megan." He goes back in there. He's and now he's actually like legit trying and everything. He says back down. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, that sounded cool. It just had to play all the way out to the end." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I love adding like you know fun little piano or keys mm-hmm. to yeah. songs. Yeah, absolutely. I just wouldn't imagine ever adding one live. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have the 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 personnel, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. I barely have enough personnel to call it a fucking band right now. Well, I know you're in a situation where you can't even really, under, you know, think about even playing a guitar live on stage. No, I can't. <laughs> 
So one of the fun things I've actually been doing here, and I mentioned this a little bit on uh, the last episode of the Couch Potatoes that came out uh, on Tuesday of this week, uh, tomorrow when we're recording this. Um, but one of the things I have been doing uh, while I've not been able to work on this whole band thing, uh, mainly because uh, drummers like to send me a message and then not reply. When I ask them, you know, hey, what time would you like to meet up? After they go, yeah, this sounds like a fun time. <laughs> so while I've not been able to do that, um, let me reverse back a little bit. Over the last couple years in the KISS community, uh, a lot of really cool bootlegs, whether it be audio or video, have been slowly seeping their way out into the public. Um that's a completely different story for a completely different podcast. There is a lot of ins and outs. Um, I'll just say there was a theft of a three terabyte hard drive from the Kiss Camp from a major collector. Really? And that major collector started selling it to people, and one of those people bought it and started unloading the uh, drive. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, really big story, completely different podcast. Um, some of the footage in there, though, was really degraded or either really pixelated. Um, now, the difference for people that don't know, I'm sure Dave understands, uh, there's a difference between degradation and pixelation. Mm -hmm. Degradation is you have an old film and you've not played it in a long time, and the static tension built up between the layers can wind up ruining either audio or video. Mm -hmm. uh, pixelation is just low-quality video, a low bit rate. Mm -hmm. So the size of the file may have been like a 320 by 180 mm -hmm. or some shit instead of a 7 you know what we're used mm -hmm. to with an hd or a 4k mm -hmm. with the new ai video upscaling programs there are pe people that are really good with these programs were grabbing this new kiss footage running it through these programs cleaning it up remastering it and putting it back out online and it looks amazing and then there's this other guy uh, that'll take like widely circulated video upscale that remaster the audio add little sound effects of like the bomb explosions to make mm -hmm. it feel way more immersive and he's been putting those out online and i kind of got really inspired by that and went you know if the kiss community can get upscaled and really cool video footage the fucking punk community deserves that too. Oh yeah. And none of these fucking punks know how to work video technology and are willing to do this. Fuck it. I'll do it. Who do I want to start with? I started looking around my room and remembered, oh yeah, back in 2005, 2006, I found this website called Misfits Central. And MisfitsCentral.com had a forum, and one of the sub-forums was a share section, and people were sharing old bootleg audio recordings from the Danzig era, oh, I thought video it was be a clips. section where they talked about share. <laughs> <laughs> Why does no, Misfit have, to have a share section? S-H, <laughs> not C-H. Oh, gotcha. um, and yeah, they were just sharing like all these old, you know, uncirculated, you know, Danzig and Graves era video and audio bootlegs. Mm -hmm. And some of it was really great quality and some of it was absolute dog shit. And what I mean by absolute dog shit is it would be like a bootleg recording of Astro Zombies, but you can tell like whoever transferred it transferred it at the wrong speed right so it sounds too fast or right. too slow right so it was hardly listenable well 
Let me go see if I can find some of that old shit. I started reaching back out to some of those old message board members and sure as shit, bunch of people still had all those old bootlegs so they started sending it my way and i've been remastering speed correcting and re-releasing ah. a bunch of old misfits material nice so uh in the description of this vi- uh podcast Go on Facebook, whichever, and look up the Fiend Media Club. If you guys want in, it's just click join. It's just a secret club. You can't view the posts without joining. And the reason for that is there are multiple camps in the Misfits community, and all of them are very litigious. (laughs) So there's a lot of it I can't put on YouTube. There's a lot of it I can, but a good bit of the videos have already been taken down by Danzig himself. Which, fun note, now I have um, the manager's email address. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. So, um, what, wh- where, it's a website you have to go to? Your website? Uh, yeah, it, right now it's just a Facebook group. Oh, the face, Fiend it's Media. On Facebook, okay. Facebook. Yeah, group. Uh, the Fiend Media Club. Uh, a bunch of people. It, I really just wanted to take it back to the classic um, Misfit Central days the, with the message board feature. Just people hop in there, they mm-hmm. share their bootlegs, and you know sometimes they'll share a bootleg and then tag me and be like, "Hey man, anything you can do to this?" And then you know sometimes a few hours later I'll post a sample and they're just like, "Do it up," you know, and shit like that. Yeah. And it's really fun because. So many of these recordings, yeah, they may have been circulated, um, like the Earth AD spot demos, which are basically the Earth AD record without vocals. Oh. So you can hear like all the music. You mm-hmm. can hear what's really being played. But when you listen to it, it almost sounds like someone taped it off an AM radio mm-hmm. at the wrong speed. So now with GarageBand, I was able to put it in there, turn the master volume down, and start re-EQing that bitch. I'm looking at the waveforms, watching where certain things peak, and I'm like, okay, so over here is the guitar. Let me see if I can isolate that and pull that up some. Okay, this frequency here is the tape hiss. Let me pull it down. Oh, oh my God. Okay, now I can hear everything so much better. Let me pull up the bass and push this mid in. Oh no, these mids need to come down. Oh, okay, here we go. And I'm doing that to all this shit. And I think it sounds cool. And everyone else that's hearing it thinks it sounds cool. Um, but that's certain awesome. people in the Misfits don't want everyone else to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, the coolest piece I did was the very first thing I did. And it was the very first thing removed from Facebook and Instagram and YouTube <laughs> almost immediately after I uploaded it. Wow. Um, there is a music video for the Misfits that came out in the 1980s for Brain Eaters. Uh-huh. And it's a really cool video. Uh, basically, the Misfits with the Necros and another band all convened into this upstairs loft in a kind of a ritzy restaurant. I forget exactly where. I posted a really in-depth article with my upscale video. Um, and essentially what it is is the Misfits with the Necros and like a few of their friends all around this big ballroom table slamming their fists you know beer spewing you know plates are rolling and everyone's doing the brace for dinner brace for lunch like that you know and robo is walking around with a chef's coat (coughs) spooning real sheep's brains Uh into bowls and now as you can tell the video devolves into basically everyone smashing each other with these fucking sheep brains yeah 
It's available online. It's available on YouTube. You can watch it right this second. There's a copy that's been uploaded for over 13 years. And that's where I pulled my copy from. I ran it through the program and it looks like it was shot yesterday. I re-uploaded that shit and within five minutes, I had a copyright takedown from their management. Wow. Yep. Wow. And I even sent, I even disputed it. Because I was like, okay, I know that Danzig's team is very litigious. Mm-hmm. His his manager, I know his name, he is very on the ball with this shit. If there's anything that Danzig does not want out there bootleg-wise, he gets it taken down. And he's one of the few people that can because Danzig legit owns everything music-related. Yeah. So, anything that has his woe in it gets fucking taken down if he doesn't want it up that gets taken down i send an email and i'm like hey what the hell there are other copies of this video available on youtube including this 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 i sent every single copy i could find i was like there are over eight copies of this video in various quality why are you taking this one down? This this shouldn't be. No reply, just a full still block on it. I'm just like, really? So you just don't want people to see it in high quality? What the fuck? Yeah. That's so what... like that kind of pissed me off even more, and I just started upscaling more shit. <laughs> Good. Uh, that's awesome. So yeah. So apparently he doesn't mind versions of it being out. It's just a high-quality version he doesn't want out. Interesting. It's very odd. Has he taken anything else of yours that you put out down? Not in that regard. Um, that was the only... Actually, no, correction. There's been a second personal takedown. The first, the Brain Eaters video takedown didn't give my channel a strike. The second thing I posted got a full channel strike because with the Brain Eaters video, it was more or less an automated thing. Someone else must have uploaded another high-quality version. Someone may have also had the same idea I had mm. because when it got copyright-stricken, it even shows on there the reason and it says master file and then in quotations the name of the original video that was taken down so it read that it was a similar video that i uploaded automatically pulled it in the name of that management Mm. the other thing i uploaded which was audio uh, which is static age alternate takes and it's so fucking cool. Like, for instance, the very first song that kicks off is Some Kind of Hate. It sounds musically very much like the version that's on Static Age. Mm-hmm. But from the first line, you can tell it's an alternate version. Danzig hits you with Elvis. Oh, well, some kind of love. Hey, hey, some kind of hate. He even does a hey, hey some mm-hmm. kind of hate. Like, he is feeling the Elvis on this <clears throat> take. It's fucking awesome. Hybrid moments that kind of ends like a egg rolling without any vocal. It was just a bad take. They needed to do it again. You know, another version of Last Caress with like a slightly different vocal to it. It's like there's all these different things that got taken down. 
and that was one of those where it had to be a manually done one so i have eyes on it now and that's why i'm having to kind of be careful on who i let in into the group because i don't want my facebook taken down i got you what's a youtube strike a YouTube strike, uh, essentially, if I upload copyright material, which, again, since Danzig does own the copyright mm-hmm. to even his unreleased material, if I upload copywritten material three times uh, with that kind of strike, the YouTube channel just gets taken down. Oh, okay. But I knew that was going to be a risk, so I already uploaded. Uh, I created a brand new Gmail account, and a brand new YouTube, and all that stuff. So okay. that that part's covered. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and the worst thing they can do is just take down the Facebook group. So yeah. I already have all that stuff deeply archived, and people have already been sharing it around. So my deed has already been being done. If it gets taken down, I'll be okay. <laughs> all right, good, cool. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that a boy. But but with that in mind, that's Han Solo um, all the way, right there, man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've already done I've already done the deed. Kill it. Yeah. <laughs> but the Misfits is not where this ends. I have a lot more Misfits projects in the works. Uh, there's a very classic why be, why be something you're not footage with Danzig. Uh, basically, it was a um, it was a glorified college project that was shown on public access television for mm-hmm. a season, and um, it's a bunch of just college kids filming local bands that came through, and the Misfits happened to be one of them. And the video is well shot but poorly archived so that's been the big one i've been working on because it is so bad but it can be so good the problem is is with this ai video upscaling programs Mm -hmm. you can push it too far Mm -hmm. and it gets fake looking Mm -hmm. and that's also part of the reason why i wanted to hop on this first is early on in the kiss community there were some really bad plasticky upscales that were getting out there and it took a minute for the folks that knew what they were doing to weed themselves through the noise and be the ones to look to on an upscale project. Right. I wanted to avoid that and just automatically be the first one. <laughs> right. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So that so Misfits is where it started. Uh, I'm going with the YB something you're not. Uh, there's a bunch of really cool Michael Graves era stuff that really just needed a touch of upscaling just to look fucking beautiful. Why don't you pull, uh, so, Why don't you grab some old television shit? You know. And, and the, sh- the the band television yeah, yeah the band so television that, so that was going to be the thing I was going to say so I started with the Misfits as a passion project I wanted to see it I knew I could make it look good and if it was up to my standard it would be up to other people's standard because my standard is quite high doing this and learning the program so well after I exhaust everything that I feel like I want to do with the Misfits I'm moving on to the Ramones. Oh, there you go. And I'm going to do it with the Ramones because I'm not going to name names, but I have made some really cool connections over the last few years. And I feel that if I were to actually come to them with the idea of the project, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but I would be quite hopeful they would be interested in the project and helping assist with it, knowing that there's no monetary gain. Mm -hmm. Can't say for sure but that is a hope and once i exhaust some of my ramon stuff exactly what you said man 
I'm changing the channel to the Punk Media Club Good. instead of the Fiend Media Club. Because there's a and lot of be, old old television, old talking heads, live videos, old Blondie. There's some really good fucking videos out there that are, are trash, you know? Yep, that absolutely. Could, yeah. So I want to start with the two bands that I love the most yeah. that deserve it, the Misfits and the Ramones. And then by the time I finish doing that, I feel that I'm going to know the software really well. I'm going to have my upscaling down to a science. I'm going to have it down to a formula. Then I'm going to start taking in clients. I'm going to start upscaling everyone else's video. And I'm going to start doing it to the punk community as a whole and taking stuff like polls. Be like, you know, what should be the next band I dive into? There and you give go. like five different ones and like let users vote on it. That way I'm just providing what they want to see. And that's the whole point in this in the whole beginning is not to make money off of it. I'm going to make money other ways with it while learning the program. Yeah. I'm not going to make money off the punk stuff. That just needs to be seen. It yeah. needs to be saved. It needs to be preserved for future generations. Yeah. There's a reason why 10-year-olds are learning about the Ramones today and saying they're their favorite band. Yeah. There's a reason why 13 13-year-olds are buying the Crimson Ghost fucking t-shirt and putting it on. These bands are timeless. You can say whatever you want about the Ramones. You can say whatever you want about the Misfits. Sure, both of them have really bad moments in their history, mm -hmm. but they're still iconic bands that deserve a little bit more respect than they've been getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, yeah. I mean, Rolling Stones <laughs> just put out a fucking record. I have no idea. I have no idea. I haven't heard it. I don't even know what there's. I, did did the Stones die for you like a long time ago? Aren't they not a band anymore? I mean, yeah, I, I haven't paid it. I mean, Mick Jagger was at the Thirsty Beaver. Sorry, I had to say that because it, the Thirsty Beaver is um, a local landmark here in Charlotte. And um, it's widely known because it really bucked development. Okay, so anyone that's listening to this that isn't a Charlotte native, take a look online and just look up the Thirsty Beaver. You will find a news article on it. Um, I highly, I highly believe that this was also the inspiration for the Soto Sopa episode of South Park because it so happened to be only a year or two after all of this went down that that episode come out. The story is tiny little hole-in-the-wall joint by itself like a concrete building painted orange with a little junk beaver on the side that says the thirsty beaver saloon they had fucking um old country music videos up on the tv at all times old saloon style well development was hitting charlotte really big and they got a proposal hey we want to use this land for some new condos Here's a check. Do you accept? No. No, we don't. Okay. Few more weeks pass. Hey, you're like literally smack dab in the middle of this lot. And like we've purchased the rest of the lot. We need your permission to like get you guys out of here so we can like do what we want to do. Nope. No, no, not going to do that. Well, you know, we did buy the land, correct, um, but you didn't buy my land. <laughs> exactly. This, this part here, I own. It is in my name. I don't lease it from anyone. I don't rent it from anyone. I own it. 
which is very different from a lot of businesses here in Charlotte. They're used to just reaching out to the property manager Mm -hmm. that wants a fucking big old check. And it's just like, well, fuck yeah, a couple million bucks. Fuck yeah, that's going to be more rent than I get from these guys in the next couple years. Fuck yes, I'm down. Not this guy. He stood his ground the entire time. And now the Thirsty Beaver still sits in that same lot with huge condos covering it with a walkway right down the middle to the Thirsty Beaver. (laughs) It looks just like that episode of South Park where they built up Kenny's town. And like Kenny's house was the epicenter and they built everything else up around it. And it was like, come see historic Kenny's house at Soto Sopa and shit (laughs) like that. We have a part of town called Noda, (laughs) which is right near plaza which is where the thirsty beaver was <laughs> yeah it's, it's obvious so yeah uh on a few tours ago um mick jagger stopped in at the thirsty beaver yeah that was a local meme for a solid two weeks you could not scroll facebook without seeing someone commenting on a random post saying did you know mick jagger was at the thirsty beaver <laughs> that's funny um, have you listened to that new album at all? No, dude. I honestly didn't even know they put one out. Yeah, there's a there's a Stones dude that I work with. He's just fucking Stones fan. He's been talking about it for fucking three months at least. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's called cool, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, what I, did you think? Did you listen to it? Uh, not I. I listened to him listening to it, <laughs> uh, but I didn't listen to it. You know, I heard. I it. listened to him listening. To <laughs> yeah, it. I heard it through what he was playing, but um, I it wasn't. It was just. It wasn't anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It yeah. Was, no. Uh, I, I had two records come out this last week that I kind of felt the same on. <laughs> But a lot of Stone songs are like that, though. They just don't do anything. They've got some great songs back in the day, but they also have a lot of songs that just don't do anything. I was never a huge Stones fan. Well, let me ask you this, uh, because it doesn't necessarily relate to the other two records I heard, and I can hold on to that thread. I'll sing it about it anyway. But it's really interesting you brought that up, um, because I heard something today, so while doing this whole Misfits remastering thing, I've also been a whole bunch of like podcasts and stuff have kind of creeped up related to the Misfits and wind up getting like old road crew guys and managers and mm-hmm. ex-members on to talk about their stories. That's cool. And and through one of those, uh, one of Danzig's managers was on and talking about things. And he didn't say this, but one of the comments of the live stream was I wouldn't want the Misfits to record a single, an EP, or a record with the new resurrected Danzig, Doyle, and Jerry lineup, because if it's not good, it will tarnish the legacy. View the Misfits catalog as complete. Do you feel the same about the Rolling Stones? Do the Rolling Stones just need to look at it as where their music catalog is finished? This is the Rolling Stones. Yeah. If you want to hear the Rolling Stones, you're going to hear this catalog of songs. I think that they're so fucking old that they don't even fucking give a rat's ass. You know, they're just like... Well, I'm asking from a fan point of view, not from a band point of view. You know, it can go either way because it can be... You can look at it like 
25, 30 years from now and they've been dead for 25, 30 years, um, uh, this, how long they went and still, still recording, you know, it, that's, that's something, it's almost like, okay, let's say you're an actor, when do you stop fucking acting, you know, are you too old, are you going to tarnish your, you know, even though acting and music is two fucking separate things, not, how about this? As a proposed idea. This wouldn't work with the Misfits, because Jerry would never fucking do it. But let's continue to use the Rolling Stones for an example. Let's say the Rolling Stones have not released a new record in the last 20 years. Okay? Yeah. However, Mick Jagger has been releasing solo records. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On the Rolling Stones tour, they have the option of playing some of those solo material songs. I don't think you should. You know, I mean, that's your solo thing. Go on a solo tour, you know? Right, but if it's the idea of the artist continuing to create the music, okay, well, you know, I guess that works too, but, you know, while that... So, yeah, go do the solo tours, but then leave... There's going to be a section of, of Jagger's solo shit, you know, because, yeah, you know... Or he, well, I mean, or it, he how about it's just something that's just understood. Bring a different band and have him open up for Yeah, that works too. But what if it's just like understood? Like it's like so. I'm bringing up a new concept. But what if it was just an understood concept that like a legacy band stops after a certain point? But if the artists still want to create new music, it's under the solo name with the option of being able to play that material live. And what kind of made me think about that was Kiss. In the 1970s, they released those four solo albums titled mm-hmm. Kiss, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. On the following tour, the Dynasty Tour, but they, they played those songs were from, all, though, under Kiss. They weren't solo albums. They were Kiss, but they did they did solo albums, but they were all Kiss, you know? That is a big bone of argument. That That is a big bone of contention. There are two camps. They are the camp that believe what you just said. And then there's a second camp, which breaks it down into, well, what makes a solo record? Every album oh, looked no, 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 exactly the make- same. Every album, it was, it's obviously, this is obviously a planting. They all didn't just go, okay, we're just going to do our solo albums. Oops, we made them almost exactly identical. <laughs> no. No, so, no, that's so a whole th- planned a- thing. It's under the, the planned The planned visual of the album covers, yes, that was planned. Uh, so, But let's look at the actual concept of what makes a solo record. A solo record means only that artist is featured on the record with studio musicians doing what they want to do. And that is what the Kiss solo albums were. They did not play on each other's records. No, and I know. In fact, they went- and in fact, Gene did not play bass on his record. He played guitar. Right. So, I... I kind of fall under the belief that they are KISS records because the logo is in the top left corner. However, when Paul did his solo tour, he played a lot of stuff from his solo album yeah and they're called solo albums yeah and so so again they released those four on the following tour the dynasty tour they did play one song each from their solo records on the dynasty tour so 
I think if that was the concept, other bands could have done that moving forward. What if they released this album that was called Solo Album that had the name Kiss in it, but it was just one album and there was, it was a four fucking, you know how you have a double album? This is a four pack album. You have your fucking, you know, Ace, uh, Paul, Gene, and Peter's fucking albums all in that. Mm-hmm. It's still a solo, but that's definitely a Kiss project. You know, it's a Kiss project, but I still consider them fully solo They're records. Solo because albums. they didn't write them with the, with anybody in the band. They were all yeah, no. yeah, in that aspect, one hundred percent. But I mean, right. it's still Kiss. It's, but also, imagine how fucking cool would it be? Okay, Misfits announce a brand new show. Show. Okay. They're wrapping it up, you know. Let's say the last song is, you know, "Da Da My Darling," you know. So they're doing the bam, 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 you know, big, you know. Boom. Stage goes dark. All of a sudden, you hear those three chords of "Mother," boom, 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 and it's fucking Doyle playing it, and fucking Jerry standing over there in the wings, fucking Dave Lombardo back there on drums. The, the fucking misfits are about to fucking play Mother or Twist of Cain yeah. or fucking, you know, a fucking classic dancing song. Tell me everyone wouldn't shit their fucking pants. They would, yeah. <laughs> that they, would be the fucking ultimate. Yeah, they would. So I think it would just, so they would never do that shit, but I just think mm-hmm. that, I think it would be cool if fans were a sucks. little less precious. With, it does suck, but just the concept <laughs> of Jerry only, Doyle, and Glenn Danzig yeah. Yeah, no, I playing hear what you're saying. Mother. I hear what Holy you're saying. fuck. <laughs> I mean, again, we can make it a cooler song, but you know. Are you a big Stones fan? I wouldn't say big. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say I was a huge Stones fan. Um, more or less a healthy respect for them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I have a few of Stones albums, but... Um, and they have some great songs, but I've never really been a big fan. No, I don't know. It, I mean, when Keith, just, Keith Richards fell on stage, I laughed when most people were like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that was only just a band four that, strings anyway. <laughs> you know, I had a friend of mine that was that vehemently hated, hated um, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. But with time, he now likes them. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe with time, I will have an appreciation for Duran Duran. A little bit more than I have. <laughs> no, I like Duran Duran. I already have an appreciation for Duran Duran. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, I dig them. It's, it's ABBA that I have a problem with still. Oh, I love ABBA, dude. Well, I can thank my mom for fucking killing my appreciation on that i've shared that story hadn't i i don't you probably did but i don't know because we were i know we were talking about abba before oh for dude i cannot stand that song fernando so so i don't know if i've shared on here so if this sounds familiar stop me but uh i was able to tolerate basically anything mom wanted to put on the radio and she had just gotten this fucking ABBA's greatest hits. Oh. And she was wearing this thing out like it had a fucking time limit on it. <clears throat> and that that's her normal thing. And I kind of picked that up later where if you find a song you really fucking like, 
you will play it over and over and over. You just want to live that song. Her song of the day was Fernando. Oh, man. Yeah, that's By the time Fernando came along on the CD, fade out, fade out, fade out. That manicured nail right up there on the fucking desk. (laughs) That little fucking mandolin kicks in again. Fuck. And, like, by the time it clicked through on the third click, third go-round, I guess I shuddered. I made a noise. I did something. Whatever it was, it was the wrong fucking thing to do. Because mom, with her endless wit and pure, unadulterated love, turns to me while speeding down the fucking highway. Oh, are you tired of hearing this song? Turns it up. Starts poking me in the fucking arm with that manicured nail. There was something in the air. The stars were bright. Grab my fucking shoulder. The Fernando <laughs> shaking me and shit. Driving me up a wall. So, no, I have PTSD from <laughs> that fucking song, yeah. thanks to my mother. Well, what did you think of the song SOS? Uh, SOS. I always wanted to cover SOS. Uh,. I'm trying to remember that one. Um, I feel like I didn't care for that one as much. SOS would be like, uh, fucking, how did it go? Um, Don't you feel my SOS? that one's not bad but the one of, but honestly the one i would have to kind of point to to not being too bad is the worst song for me to like but uh gimme gimme oh <laughs> the the chorus is fucking good and i love the mm-hmm. it's it's fucking disco as hell and it's like there, there's a little disco bone in me that digs that well disco's basically fucking pop i mean it's soul it's soul for white people i mean <laughs> you know it, i like disco dude not, oh yeah i mean i'm not knocking it of, but yeah. but at the same time abba's uh, Again, that may come with age, much like fucking the Rolling Stones, but I don't know. It's just that I, I still can't. I can't. I cannot abide. <laughs> yeah. Fozzie just fucking, I don't know if he just did, but he covered fucking SOS, and it really pissed me did off. He? Because I cannot stand Chris Jericho, dude. <laughs> I, you know, that's a, remember that fucking band, The Stir, that we talk about them every once in a while, yeah. like Machines and shit. They, mm-hmm. they were like fucking he supported they were thick them. as thieves yeah he, he was uh, Fozzie was supporting those guys big time man on tours and shit mm-hmm no I mean and again that's you know I'm not gonna talk out of school on that you know if if anyone needs to hear the light machine story they can reach out to one of the guys but yeah I mean fantastic band and yeah they they um they definitely got their paws in good uh with the Fozzie camp um mm-hmm. Because uh, Madison Records, uh, who they were based out of, um, Jericho would come down and record, you know, just smaller projects over at that studio. Like during uh, lockdown, um, they recorded the Quarantine EP over there. Yeah. And uh, what that was is Quarantine spelled with a K, and they were all Kiss 80s covers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I like that so. Idea. 
I didn't (laughs) because I couldn't have given two fucking shits about Chris Jericho in the first place. And he's playing the worst fucking era of kiss music. Yeah, that's true. So no, it I was. Is, is very funny, I was though. not amused. You know, well, <laughs> once again, um, well, it's kind of funny that that is Chris Jericho that did that. That's actually basically what Chris Jericho is. I remember when Chris Cornell died, he compared himself to Chris Cornell. He said he can see. Literally said we, you know, have the same style of singing, you know, and stuff. And I don't like, think Chris Cornell ever sang to a track. No. <clears throat> I don't think fucking I don't think Fozzie could ever that. even come close to fucking or Chris Jericho could even come fucking close to fucking hitting anyone of fucking uh, Cornell note Cornell's notes, dude. That guy was insane. Jericho, I don't know. I'm not trying to speak ill of the guy. I may wind up crossing. I was making with him fun of Andrew about point. fucking opening up for him though. Big time. <laughs> it's on his ass about that all all episode long, dude. He's a very cool guy. I like Andrew. Oh, 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 I know. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm sure they have plenty to say. But but again, it's just Jericho to compare himself to anyone of actual note is laughable. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree 100%. Like, I, I, I respect the dude. I'm not saying this out of any disrespect. I don't have any, but, re- any respect for him. I don't have any disrespect. Well, maybe I do have some disrespect, but I mean, there's nothing Jericho does that I respect. He's a good wrestler. Is he? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't pay that close of attention, but I mean, he's popular in the wrestling world at least. So I'm kind of basing it off that. Uh, yeah. So I mean, so res- respect to the guy for, and, well, I mean, and respect to getting up and doing something. You know. It, oh yeah, he, he's not he, sitting on the couch. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's not, and and respect to the fact that even though it's not the kind of rock music I like, at least he's playing in a band that uses electric guitars and live drums and like sings the praises of Kiss. So like you know, I, I kind of have to look at it from a few different angles, and from that angle, props. From a fan standpoint, yeah, <laughs> do not like it. I'm not giving him any props. <laughs> well, you don't so. like giving a lot of people props. And on that note, um, I do believe a couple episodes ago, we, we wagered something, good sir. Oh, yes. Yes, yes we did. Yes, we did. Yes, a, a um, have, have, you, have you had any time uh, to dedicate to actually learning something on bass? I actually have had time, but I haven't done it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, what I did is Ladies like, and gentlemen, at least he's truthful. I listened to the song. I grabbed my kid's bass. Um, I, w- I played it a little bit through it, and I, it was just like, there's no way that he was fucking hopping, you know? And then I did a little reading, and I saw that Kiss tuned to E-flat. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. So I dropped it down a little bit. Now, now it's just a, an open string, and it hit it right there. You know, so mm. I did, but I I don't know the rhythm. I mean, I don't know the whole na- the fucking song very very well though. But um, <laughs> but it's not. A, it's really not a hard song. It's not. I didn't say it was hard. You said he's not a good bass player. Well, no, he's a good. Okay, let me re- rephrase this. <laughs> I didn't say he plays things that are hard. I said he is a good bass player and can write good stuff. You don't have to play good, fucking first, first off. Good things is to, good is is um. It is no, not you, subjective. You said for for one, you said that he was the most underrated. 
Yes, he is. And I don't think he is at all. I think he's rated exactly what he should be. A good, decent bass player. He holds beat. You were he saying that town. people did not consider him a good bass player. I don't, I don't think in the bass world, bass players do not consider him a good bass player. Well, what is considered a good bass player? Uh, something that just doesn't fucking walk, you know? So, something well, that the, bucks the music and doesn't serve it. Well, here's the thing. We're, it, now we're in the land of opinion. It's like, what is good? If you Okay, would you, you know, consider Didi Ramone a good bass player? No. Uh-uh. But I'd consider him a fun one. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I mean... How do you not consider Didi Ramone a good bass player? Because Didi Ramone's only playing fucking... Dude, you you can play every Didi Ramone bass line. Okay, so you're looking so you're at... So you're a good on, bass no, player. No, 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 no. So, so you're looking at... I think what makes good a good place being where... the amount of notes and the placement of notes in a song. Musical knowledge. Um, and yeah. You, 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 not necessarily amount of notes or a amount of where they are. Rhythm has to go into it. Fucking nothing. You don't think Dee Dee had good rhythm? Yeah, I do. But I that don't think downstroke we'll, fucking locking yeah, in. Yeah, but it's it's what precision. Yeah, but it's 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 just that it's not. There's like the dude from fucking the bass player from. Um, well, look at Bootsy Collins. All right, that's a fucking good bass player. That's a completely different genre, though. It's the same instrument. I don't care if it's a different genre. Well, then you could say but that... But you could give... You, no, could give okay, the, no. you could give us... You could go to Bootsy Collins and say, play this song by D.D. Ramone. Play this song by um, uh, uh, by, by Gene Simmons. They could, because they're good. But if you went up to Kiss, to, to Gene Simmons, and said, play this song by Bootsy Collins, he's not going to be able to play it. Incorrect on all fronts. One, Gene would be able to play a song from Bootsy Collins after listening to it. B, Bootsy Collins could play a Ramon song. He could not play a Ramon's set. That is the difference. Well, Dee Ramon have the stem- is a stamina? good. No, he does not have the stamina. He does not have the precision. If we're co- we have to compare it within genres because if we're comparing it based solely on an instrument, mm-hmm. then no rock and roll band has a good guitar player. Every classical guitar player can wipe the floor with these dudes. Yeah. So if we're if we're looking at purely on an instrument, there is no good rock and roll guitar players. But if you take a classical guitar player and you put him on a, a Les Paul. With a fucking uh, uh, with a, a JC a JCM eight hundred head, you know, and and then play fucking something that's fucking feedback oriented on a on a plexi tone, they're not going to be able to do it. I think they could they, because they have so much they have so much musical knowledge, they would be able to immediately adapt. That's what makes a good guitar player. Okay, well so, there you so, go. So, so if we're basing a Gene go. Simmons so it's versus of adaption, that is a good that's a good point. It's like yeah, that makes a good. So point. I mean, we can't compare a Bootsy and a Didi and a Gene because they all come from three different schools of thought. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at what the song is and how good the bassist is for the song. If the Ramones are playing fast precision beach rock, you need a fast precision bassist that can lock in with those eighth notes on the hi-hat, all the while still sliding between those notes at a precision as to not make it sound like it's a rolling egg. 
That's why I say Johnny Ramone is a great guitar player, not for his technical prowess and how many chords he knows, but the precision and the accuracy in which he plays those chords and with such conviction. He serves the song and creates mm-hmm. the song. Mm-hmm. With Gene, so you're thinking, if you took you're, any you're of thinking, those songs... You're thinking that that 4-4 uh, oh, um, beat is like completely hard to get precise? There are professional musicians that say playing a set of Ramon's songs the way they played it is a workout oh, much yeah. less doing it night after night yeah. after night yeah. that's the and, and i've heard professional musicians yeah. bring up the fact that they're ramones fans and they go that's why every ramones cover sucks no one plays it the way it's yeah. supposed no, to I be understand. played I, I do understand that because when i'm playing it like but there's a muscle right here in your forearm that just mm-hmm. fucking oh and you can't hold a pick anymore and that's all. And again, and when they said that, I started thinking about. It. I was like, "Yeah, almost every Ramones cover I've heard does not hold a candle to the original, which is a topic we want to, of course, go down at some point." Mm-hmm. But I don't think it holds a candle to the original, and it all comes down to the way they're playing that instrument. So revert back to you know Gene, if he were to give it a Didi Ramone bass style in Kiss songs. That would be a bad bass player. He's not playing something that serves the song. I'm not. I've never song- said he's bad. I've never, never yeah, said he's bad. I, 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 I just I'm, say I'm he's a, not I'm good. I'm insert a little clip here of what you said <laughs> as a refresher because <laughs> there, there was a reason we went down that path. I wouldn't have argued with that train of thought. There was a reason why we went well, down I, that whole path. Well, I don't think he's the most underrated guitar bass player ever. I don't. I think he's one of them. I don't. I, I think that any... Any bass player, any professional bass player in in a band can play what fucking Gene Simmons does. But no one can do what Gene Simmons does. Anyone can play what Dee Dee plays, but no one can be what Dee, is, what Dee. Is, There is what, only Dee Dee. What is, what is Gene doing? Gene is playing his bass. Yeah, so no Gene one can do what Gene his, Simmons does? <laughs> I think it, no, I one think. Has, no one has his hands. It's the same reason why you see all these kids, I see it all the fucking time, specifically with Green Day. I want that Dookie tone. I want the tone that was on Dookie. Oh, yeah. Okay, you can buy the exact guitar. You can put the exact pickup and get a one-to-one thing that Billy Joe had. But you will not have that dookie tone unless you can play exactly like Billy plays. You have to strum those strings oh, yeah, exactly to, how he yeah. plays. Yeah, no, I understand. So, I understand that 100%. So, so, no. No one can do what Gene does. Gene is perfect with what Gene does. Yeah, sure. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that. It, <laughs> and, and, but, and because people have the mindset that all he is is business, then because no one that's can what do. He, no one can do what I do because exactly. they don't have my hand. Well, yeah, but dude, come on. There's, I mean, I get. But think it. about it. it. But but if you, there's nothing that separates someone like you from someone like me, from someone like Dee Dee, from someone like Ace. All that is different between a DD and an ace and a you and a me is eyes were on it. 
they were at the right place at the right time. Every popular band has that. They aren't any more talented than we are. So if you got really so if you got really big and popular, I would say I was overrated. (laughs) (laughs) But what about the kids that are coming up to you and going, "Hey, man, your song is the reason I picked up a guitar and started learning. I think you're a fantastic guitar player." I say you're, thank you. You are my inspiration. I say thanks, man. That's but, all the but that reason would why validate the fact it. that you are a great guitar player. Yeah, I'm a and great if motivator. other people didn't recognize it, you would be considered an underrated guitar player because you inspired so many people to pick up a guitar. Yet you have peers and people that have more technical knowledge looking down on you because you don't know as much as them i just think there's people here's where i'm coming from i think there are bass players that you can hand something to and they can play whatever you know and and nail it those are fucking really good players oh yeah you know and there are people that can learn stuff you know, and and be great and write fucking great fucking shit. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, doesn't mean they're great players. It means they're fucking great at fucking smoking mirrors. It means it's they're great writers. <laughs> they're great writers. They're great. You know, and you don't have to be a good player to be a great writer. No, at all. No, you don't. Those are two different fucking things. You know, but you do need to be a player to transpose what you're writing. Right. You know, to an extent. So, but again, Especially so, today, because you can plug in three fucking chords and get a fucking algorithm on certain, like you just said, Bandcamp. I know Bandcamp, you can do some fucking, you know, they, you could write fucking songs with it. I have an amp that's a practice amp. It's a, a Spark amp. You You're thinking a garage band, not band camp. Yeah, I always say band camp, dude. I always throw Woody for it because Woody uses garage band too, dude. And I always do that. I always call it band camp. And he puts him in a totally different direction he can't get out of. He's like, he starts going down this band camp thing. It's like, what are you talking about? We're talking about band camp. I'm like, I just said the wrong word. We're still talking about a fucking program. But there's a. Um, uh, made by Positive Grid. Have you seen those? They're, um, mm-hmm. they're, um, they're, I mean, they make really small amps too, dude. Mine's pretty, it's like a 2.8, you know, a very quiet, low watt amp. But yeah. you, it's got, you, you, uh, and it operates on your phone. So you can, you know, your app. So you can, here, where's my phone at? You can, it's fucking trippy. You can, like, uh, Spark. Um, you can you can just download any amp you want, you know. So yeah, that's cool. It's like you go right there, boom. Cancel. This is great for an audio medium. Oh yeah, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But there's things that you can um, you can play with somebody on it. You can you know, just like hit this guy named Dave. You know, or there's a chick named Jeannie, I think, and you hit the style and stuff, and it reads the chords you're playing into it and slaps back a bass, you know? So you don't even really fucking need to write anymore. There's certain, and that's just an amp. There's programs that you can literally just put fucking three chords in 
and get all these chord progressions out of it and start picking and slide them together and there's your fucking song yeah and that's interesting but what i was trying to say is if the definition of an underrated musician is someone that has inspired many people but doesn't get the accolades would that not be underrated mm, yeah i mean gene has inspired a lot of musicians oh, yeah gene has inspired yeah thousands you thousands. yet you claim yeah. he's an underrated musician so i mean you claim I, that claiming he's, he's not overrated. that great I, yeah, yeah I, you're claiming he's, claiming overrated. he's overrated you know um, but in the same breath also saying that people he say has, he's not a good bassist because he has thousands of people and he's he's um influencing all these people yeah he's overrated <laughs> he should have hundreds no i love gene simmons don't get me wrong i mean he's kind of a douchebag he wanted to fucking oh yeah you know yeah i'm gonna this this i own this you know fucking devil no horns. one see i, th- I thought that whole thing was ridiculous from the start because i was just like no you you don't own that gene and then fucking dio hops in i'm like no no you don't own it either asshole none of you own this stop it yeah. you bunch of old geezers none of you invented this shit this shit's been around since before you were born stop it yeah yeah i know i know it's fucking <laughs> it was like funny. dio's like my grandma used to do this i'm like yes everyone's fucking old grandma used to do that okay <laughs> you didn't your your grandmother did not create that dio and no gene you did not do it and what was funny the ps to uh gene saying that he did it um he later backtracked and said well mine uh well dio's is with the close thumb mine is with the thumb outward it's meant to be a tribute to (laughs) spider-man he has said that multiple times and if you look here's the thing since he said that if you go and look and even at his old photos before he made that is the thumb out the thumb was always out and a specific thing the fingers are never flat they are always curved in so as much as gene is a bullshit artist he might be telling the truth on that one that he just kind of backtracked later on and was just like, all right, fine, assholes. I wasn't doing an evil thing. It was meant to be for Spider-Man. Are you happy? <laughs> I will say he's funny. Yeah, he is humorous. It's just unfortunate because you, you were just... Okay. Here, here's, maybe, here's a maybe one last good topic that we can kind of dive into before we wrap up here because it, it kind of fits in with uh, a, an artist we talked about last week as well. Um, at what point do you separate the art from the artist? Uh, it, I guess it kind of depends on what you're, what you're trying to pull off. You know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you don't separate them, you know. <laughs> So, so and sometimes it's it you know the art is the artist you know it's it's like almost like uh like Howard Stern you know you can't he's that's the art is the artist yeah yeah you know it's yeah so it's like uh, what made me think about it most recently was two different uh examples uh one a new aging rock star has not learned how to shut the fuck up yet. 
um, Alice Cooper is I, I in agree, hot water. Dude. I'm so fucking pissed off because I was such a huge Alice Cooper fan. I'm like, you're such a fucking piece of shit. You know? So, that one and another one that made me think about it recently. And when this initially happened... I just kind of let it fly under my radar because I was kind of so far out of the scene at the time. But now kind of jumping back into the Misfits scene some, in the middle of like remastering one of the Michael Graves era live shows, it slowly hit me. This guy's been canceled. Michael Graves was canceled because he was a proud boy. Oh. And he came out full force with it and was recently on um, the defense team for the riots that happened in D.C. Oh. Well, that guy's an idiot. So he's been kind (laughs) of excommunicated and, you know, shunned in the Misfits community. So I've now had two artists. Was he a Misfit? Michael Graves? Yeah, he was the 90s singer that sang American Psycho, Scream, Dig Up Her Bones. When did they get Danzig? Danzig was the first singer. He was the one in the 70s. Oh, so when he went and did Danzig, they got a new singer. Okay, so the timeline was the Misfits were together. I don't know Um, these guys very much. I'm not a big... I know, it's fine. I'm not a big Uh, fan of... Fast, fast, fast timeline was that um, uh, they formed in the mid to late 70s. um, Gene... Gene... Jerry was not the original bassist. Uh, There was a bassist named Diane uh, that was there for a handful of writing sessions and practices. She couldn't make it. Eventually, the drummer was like, yo, I know this guy named Jerry. Why don't you hit him up? They got hooked up. He stayed in the band. They went through drummers like the fucking fill-ins did. Fucking every time you blink, the Misfits had a brand new drummer. Um, Eventually, they had Bobby Steele on guitar and then eventually moved over to have Doyle on guitar. Uh, During that time, released Earth AD, Static Age, Walk Among Us, all of those classic records. Uh, Right as as Earth AD was about to be released, they play a show in which the drummer was so drunk he was fucking up the set, so Doyle escorted him off stage with his hand around his throat. Uh, One of the other bands from the opening act hopped up, finished the set, (laughs) and Danzig announced that was their final show. Yeah. So they split after that. Earth AD came out after the fact. Uh, a bunch of stuff came out after the Misfits broke up, like Die Die My Darling. That came out after they split up. They had already recorded it, though. Um, during that time, Danzig starts up Sam Hain, uh, which had like, um, they released a good handful of records. It was kind of a weird gothic rock type vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, while getting ready to record the next Sam Hain record, he decided to just shift it over and call it. Danzig. Mm. All the while, Jerry and Doyle are up in their machine shop in Jersey watching what Danzig's doing, going, That's not very godlike. That's not very okay. He's turning the kids against Christianity. He's making the kids like devil music. We're going to create a band called Christ the Conqueror, where it's going to slay the evil Danzig and his devil minions. These are Uh, the guys from Misfits are doing this? Jerry and Doyle, yes. And one of the these bassist guys, one, and guitarist. And one of these guys is a proud boy. No, not oh. one of these. So oh. uh Jerry well, and Doyle be. <laughs> uh, Jerry Jerry and Doyle uh tried doing Christ the Conqueror, which was kind of like this power metal eighties project with and genuinely guess, okay, think eighties 
power metal, mm-hmm. okay? Guess who Jerry Only and Doyle got to sing for Christ the Conqueror? Now, bear in mind, Christ the Conqueror, spelled with a K and a Y, um, never played a show, never did anything, but they recorded a full record that is now in the bootleg community. Guess who sang on that record? Oh. And they're... Is it like somebody from like 70s, 80s metal, like Rob Helford? No, very much 80s metal. 80s metal? Very much of the time. I don't don't know 80s metal. Late 80s. Yeah, I don't know 80s metal. Fucking Jeff Scott Soto from Yingve Malmsteen sang on the record. Oh, see, I don't even know. I I know who Yingve is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his singer, Jeff Scott Soto, he sang on the record. Yeah, well, it it was a horrible concept, and they quickly shelved it. Now, while this is happening, Jerry Doyle are fighting Danzig in court for rights to the Misfits' name. So... Eventually, they settle to where Danzig owns all of the publishing rights. He owns all of the music. Jerry and Doyle have rights to the name to perform and create new music under the Misfits name. <laughs> so that meant they couldn't re-record any old material, even if it was live material. So they couldn't re- release like a live version, version of Astro Zombies. Right. They could not do that. That was a Danzig owned song, and he was not going to give permission for that. They could play it live. They couldn't release it. So that was the agreement. They did a vocal vocalist hunt, and that's when they find one Michael Emanuel, thus Michael Graves. That's the guy. Oh, okay. He was the new singer. So he, uh, that was the singer for the Misfits with uh, Dr. Chud on drums, Jerry on bass, and Doyle on guitar. Did the two records, Famous Monsters and American Psycho. And then after Graves left, Jerry just started singing, and then Doyle left, and then the drummer left. Did, and did they go right to the Misfits, or were they still this fucking super god power band? No, uh, they, they were... They, up until they started doing the reunion shows, the Misfits consisted of Jerry only on bass and vocals, his son on guitar, and some random guy on drums. Yeah. That was the Misfits until all of the reunion shows happened. All right. It right. was very strange and bizarre. So Still what, releasing stuff with that name. So what's going on with this Proud Boy? Um, so that yeah, thank got, you for wrapping it back. He so got kicked out of fucking they can't what, play certain no, places or what? So no, he um, he mean, left the band way before all that. He left the band uh, like in two thousand two thousand one okay. somewhere in that area. Uh, but no, so what kicked it off with him? Uh, he had a solo career. Solo records are pretty good. Um, but he started and he was never shy about being a conservative punk. He yeah. literally had a website called conservativepunk.com. So he never hid that. So that was more or less the we can tolerate it. We there's conservatives in the punk community, whatever. He just kind of wears it on his sleeve a little bit more, yeah. you know. Which is just funny too him- because of anything everything he wants, you know, and it would happen. You're not going to have a website called Conservative Punk. It's not going to be allowed anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, so, so that was even back in like maybe 2006. He had that website. So, so he was always very much in the forefront of I am a conservative punk rocker. Well, when the Black Lives Matter um, thing started happening, and people were putting the black squares in their profile pictures or on their Instagram, he didn't decide to just not 
do it and just not say anything, he got on his live stream and proceeded to give an unhinged rant about why that's not cool and how Black Lives Matter was a militia group and all this other crazy shit. What a fucking idiot. Well, you're a, few, a proud boy. You are an idiot. So, <laughs> so not, Michael just kind of shot himself in the foot with all that. So all of that leading up to, I remember all of this as I'm remastering one of his live shows. So I kind of had that idea and reconciliation in my mind of, do I want to see him live currently? No. Am I going to buy any of his new records? No. Am I going to support him monetarily or with Facebook likes or Instagram likes or follows or even paying attention to him? No. Am I going to stop listening to his era of the misfits? No. Because that era of the misfits was not that memory. That memory is not tied to me knowing he's a proud boy. Hearing those versions of those Misfits songs are tied to me being a fucking 13-year-old in my room fucking playing this shit as loud as the speakers will go as mom's rolling her eyes going, wouldn't he at least listen to the Danzig era? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So it's like, that's my memory with that band. You know, the video I was remastering, my memory is like downloading this live show when I was 15 years old and burning it on a DVD and wearing out my fucking machine in my room just watching it over and over yeah it it sucks that's where he is now yeah but much like with alice cooper my memory of alice cooper is not what he said just now when i listen to dead babies when i listen to dead babies i imagine that welcome to my nightmare tour or you know the the killer tour Mm -hmm. you know when i hear cold ethel Mm. i don't think about his opinions i think about a fucking badass rock and roll song yeah that's a good song too so it's like Still pisses uh, that, that, me that, off, that's, though, man. That's, that's so difficult. Pisses me off. So, like, so where would where do you stand on that? I don't for, know, for like man. both guys, because both of them said some kind of crazy shit. Yeah, um, I don't. The, even... the only the only defense I have is Alice is old. Michael's not. Yeah, well, you know, he, Michael was fucking twenty when he joined the band and fucking you know ninety five or whatever. Alice is old, but should know better. You know, yeah, I mean, Gra- just, Graves Graves isn't that old and definitely yeah. should know better. Whenever whenever human rights get involved, you know, as what I expect out of other human beings and what they are expecting of me and other human beings, yeah, that's when I get a little annoyed. You know, yeah, it's like let people be people. That's what makes the world good, dude. <laughs> you know, you fucking some of these guys just want these fucking clones, dude. It's like, come on, get just figure and, it out. It's and that's the one thing I have always respected about Kiss, or at least Paul. They have never supported a political party. They have never. That's smart stated their opinions on trans black lives matter any of that they are supportive you can see where they're supportive when you look because there's donations to certain communities and things yeah. and I mean, they don't, it might they get don't like fly a trans flag on stage but no but they support the cause yeah they help yeah 
but they don't wear it on Front Street because they know that unfortunately a lot of KISS fans are very ignorant. And if they were to wave that flag, so many people would come down on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much like, you know, much like, you know, if someone was ultra, ultra, ultra liberal, mm-hmm. it's probably not a good idea to wear that on Front Street because you're going to cut half of your audience in half. Mm-hmm. You know, much like with Graves or now, you know, Cooper, maybe don't get so front street with your conservatism because maybe take a look at the fact that the punk community has people that are i don't know free thinkers Mm -hmm. which kind of leads toward them probably being on the more liberal side Mm -hmm. so just don't say nothing so to not upset nothing Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you want people to come to shows just don't talk about it. well these are stupid people though so they're going to talk about it yeah, you know. and, and See, Paul I, I has literally said, gotten in I, front I of it. I said he was overrated, but I never said he was stupid. He's a, <laughs> he's a genius. No, no, Gene has no problem staring his mind. Paul knows when to shut the fuck up. Uh. <laughs> and Paul has like literally said because someone will like try to proffer things. Or like I think it was like back during like the Bush administration or like you know during that campaign. They're like you know, so so are you supporting Bush on this you know run and this that and the other? And the entire time he was just going kind of just like shrugging his shoulders and shaking his head slowly he goes i don't know and you know what i really don't have an opinion on it because i play music if you want someone's opinion on politics ask someone that studies it i don't study it yeah you don't need my opinion yeah (laughs) like that's what he says every time he's like you don't need my opinion ask someone that's knowledgeable on it yeah because that way he just Yep. Doesn't matter if what he was about to say would yeah. have been the next fucking sound bite for fucking peace on earth. Doesn't fucking matter. He's not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. All right. So are you still a Cooper fan after all of it, though? I'm not a Cooper fan. There's songs that, because um, I don't like the dude. The guy's a piece of shit. There's songs I grew up with that I love, you know, and he is the writer of those songs. But I'm not going to call myself a fan. I'm just going to... Do you yeah. stop listening to the songs? No. If it comes on, I'm not going to turn it off. You know. Do you put it on intentionally? I don't know. Do you go, you I know might. what? Today's a killer day. Uh, yeah. Because that's a fucking amazing record, yeah. front to back. Yeah. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that one or uh, fucking uh, Billion Dollar Babies is a fucking incredible album, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, is is there going to be a day that you walk past your turntable, see that red spine that says killer and go, you know what? Yeah, maybe a little under my wheels is a good way to start the day. The telephone you know, or do you... is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> or or do you go on the run? Yeah, I might play Or do you tonight. go, well, maybe I'll listen to someone else. <laughs> no, I think I... if. If I'm in an Alice Cooper mood, I'll play Alice Cooper, you know? Yeah. You know? Uh, but Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my stance with Graves. It's like, I, I'm not going to seek out the new material. Plus, it hadn't been good in the last fucking 10 years anyway. So, yeah. it's not that big of a... It's, it's not like, oh, wah, I don't, get to, I don't get to enjoy the new music. I don't well, get the fuck I anyway. I haven't seeked out any Alice Cooper music since the fucking 78, probably. I mean, the well, whole fucking. Well, then his, I guess. Well, then I guess it just makes suck. it easy that the new record genuinely was not good. Yeah, it was <laughs> we horrible. talked about that. Oh god, <laughs> so, that makes that easy. <laughs> yeah, that was before I knew too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and also thanks. second layer of thanks, dumbass. Thanks, Alice. 
S- second layer of dumbass on that one. Dude, you just released a new record. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. And you go by Alice. What the fuck yeah. are you even talking about? <laughs> I know. that that, that I'm like, not getting into that. No. Oh, but no, that, that, so that is also kind of where I landed with Graves. I'm not going to check out the new stuff. I'm not interested, yeah. but I'm not going to deprive myself of checking out Famous Monsters or American Psycho. Those records are tied to classic old memories. I mean, stupid memory. Okay, and I can and I can guarantee you this is a unique memory. I don't know if anyone else can say that they have this thought and this memory connected to a song. Uh, my grandfather uh, was a private pilot, air traffic controller for Charlotte Douglas Airport. Uh, later on in life, he started doing a pilot license, like training. Mm-hmm. So he would take me ever so often, and when he finished training, he'd let me hop up front. Mm. And he let me do it some. And so I actually know. So I'll always joke and like say, in a zombie apocalypse, if we've got to get the fuck out of Dodge and there is a small two engine Cessna, four passenger, five passenger plane, let me try. If it's life or death, if we're going to die anyway, let me try. I think I might be able to do it. <laughs> Again, if the, if the idea is that we're going to die anyway yeah. if we stay, yeah. if we're going to die, put me up there and let me see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to die anyway, I, let me try. I do. So, I, I've never even stepped behind anything. I'd still try it. I just don't know so, if I'd fucking know how to turn it on. You know, where are the keys? Where are the car keys? <laughs> you know? So one of the training exercises, though, uh, is called a touch and go, uh, which is you take off, you cut a loop in the air, you go down for your landing, you land, and without losing momentum, you continue to run down the runway and you take back off again. It's a training exercise. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the back as he's teaching this guy his training exercise for his touch and goes, and I have the song American Psycho on, which that starts with like maybe eight seconds of about a mid-tempo boom pop boom mm-hmm. kind of beat and then it immediately shifts to like a thrash hardcore punk beat the kind of thing i would time the fucking to the takeoff again so like during while we were on the fucking runway would be the whoa whoa and as soon as we would start fucking gaining some speed that's funny when when was this you're a kid oh yeah i had to be maybe 13 14 were you doing it were you doing it on purpose Yes, oh, I was doing it on purpose, so I yeah. had like my iPod with me, oh, and you've got to wear, you know, the headgear because yeah. it's loud as fuck in there. Yeah. But I put my headphones in underneath the thing, so I would like reverse up my iPod and like pause it, and it's because it's like we'd be like slowly drifting down, so it's like I'd be hearing nothing, and like almost as soon as we land, I'd kick the song on. Whoa! And then by the time we start yeah. taking off again, ticka 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 ticka. <laughs> and it's like it just felt so intense. Yeah. So it's like even when I listen to that song now, it's not a great song, like objectively, like it's not a well-written song. But I still love listening to it because I have that ingrained memory of those touch and goes and me timing it with yeah. that song. Yeah. So. I, I can't deprive myself of that. I just wish he hadn't have turned into such a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, there's a lot of fucking idiots out there. 
Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on that note, careful kids. We are. <laughs> There's a lot of idiots out there. <laughs> yeah. But on that note, we are not done with this yet. No, sir. We have got to dig on into our Spotify playlists and figure out what the hell we've been listening to. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. I've been listening to the same shit, dude. I've been stuck on Red Cross since we've last talked. Really? Yes. I even, I even, we did, I even did a podcast on on Red Cross since then, but I haven't got the file, so it's not out. But uh, oh, the interview? No, I didn't interview him yet. Um, oh, okay. That was. Uh, I thought you were. I thought you were getting ready for like an interview or something. You were mentioning it on the show. I may just be a fucking idiot. Yeah, I don't know if I said yeah, anything about I'm, it or not. But yeah, I'm probably an idiot then. <laughs> no, I mean, I may, I may have. I may have been talking about something. Um, because I do it quite a bit. So yeah, <laughs> I get uh, high, <laughs> and yeah, I, I also get high. Uh, but um, yeah, Red Cross man, fucking. I think the coolest album I've been listening to lately is from 1990, Phase Shifter. That's a fucking awesome album. Nice. Yeah. Actually, every single one of their albums is good, so <laughs> doesn't matter where you go. <laughs> well, uh, with my suggestion, I actually am going to go a little bit new. Uh, I know I've been talking heavy on Misfits today, but as a little sidestep to that, uh, Danko Jones released a new record, oh. and all in all, it's actually pretty decent. Uh, my favorite song on there is Get High? Question <laughs> mark. Really, really catchy chorus. Um an ongoing problem I've kind of had with Danko is I don't love a lot of his lyrics, but you know what? It ain't got to be fucking fantastic lyrics to be a fun rock and roll song. And this is just a fun rock and roll song, man. It's fucking great. Uh, and then another one I really like is uh, Eye for an Eye. I like it because it has a Ramones flavor to it. Is so it's like a- both off this new album. Yes, uh, it's off the new record, Electric Sounds. Yeah, I for an eye, there it is. What was the other one? Uh, get High, question oh, mark. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I like both of those, and I like I for an eye because if if the Ramones were a spice, like garlic, Danko crushed up a little bit of garlic and intertwined it in the soup. It's still a Danko Jones song, but it has elements of the Ramones that I've not really heard him use before. So it's it's more down to his vocal delivery, yeah. Because um, he's put out some stuff that I've really liked. Oh yeah, definitely. But like his vocal delivery, like imagine like a uh, the Joy Ramone Rockaway Beast, like the chew another rhythm on my bubble cup, so does I, and I won't. So that kind of he there's that specific cadence he kind of does. Uh-huh. It feels like Danko kind of emulates that a little bit during the verses. Like, here's another hit, took it on the chin, but I'm gonna do it again. It, it yeah. sounds very kind of Ramones flowy with the vocal melody. Right. So it's just something he hadn't really implemented before. And knowing that he is a Ramones fan, it's yeah. kind of cool to hear it. Yeah. And he does emulate a lot. I mean, I hear him emulating something in almost every song. Guitar-wise. You, know you know who one of his favorite bassists are? Probably Gene Simmons, I'm sure. Yes, sir. That was, yeah. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I can hear that uh, in in his stuff too. I can hear some Kiss every once in a while when he's trying yeah. to sound like Kiss. I like him. <laughs> I I do like Danko Jones. I think he's he's pretty cool. Yeah, so definitely check out that new record of his. I will. Uh, Sign up for the Discord, damn it, Dave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's going to end up that, being yeah, your I'm name. I'm pretty sure I did that. No, you didn't. No. Oh. No, damn. no, you didn't. <laughs> we get notifications when new people get in the server. You didn't do it. Uh, whoops. God damn it. <laughs> I always forget. <laughs> so don't be like Dave and sign up for the Discord. Link is in the yeah. episode description. Uh, it's actually been popping off a little bit more. We've had a few more people join in. Uh, Christy from History We Forgot. She's been chatting. We've got Dante from uh, um, This Fucking Guy. He's been real active in there, and that's been awesome to see. And, of course, Dustin. Many shouts out to Dustin, one of our coolest listeners ever. So join us in there. Have some fun. And if you want to get hip on some really cool misfits bootlegs click that link join up and don't be a dick don't be a fucking tattletale don't be like hey there's this group over here sharing really cool fucking misfits stuff <laughs> uh, you might want to shut that down don't be a dick okay i already had to cut one of you from the fucking group because you were like oh I, I don't think this should really be in here because band out shut up I don't allow any copyrighted material in the group. It's not anything officially released. Shut the fuck up. Don't be a tattletale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. But on that note, for this episode of Something Good For You, I've been Alex. I've been Dave. And, uh, fuck, I don't know, dude. Why do I always have to do this? <laughs> because it's my fucking show. You might as well give the outro. You yeah, have right. one job. Um, Just give a random piece of advice. All right. I've been Dave. And d- dude, listen to Red Cross. I'm telling you. <laughs> do it. Any album. Doesn't matter. Red Cross. I can't believe you're not a big fan, Alex. I can't. You've been listening to the Something Good Network. 
If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram, and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.